Hi, everybody, and welcome to Everyone Needs a Spotter, Episode 2, brought to you by RMS Fitness. I'm Steve Heitzer, joined today by Emily Vinos. Hello. Sorry. And Robert Decker. Decker. He's here with us today as well. Yep, I'm here. Hello. Episode 2. So we were here with you guys last week. We had some uh, exciting uh, information to cover and news to go over regarding uh, fitness and various fitness-related topics. We're back today with another awesome batch of information, and we're going to dive right in. So how are you guys doing today? Everybody doing good? Very well, Steve. Thanks for asking. It's Friday. We made it, right? We made it. <laughs> no, so we got a couple of good topics to discuss here, and we're going to uh, dive right in without much ado and fanfare. We know you guys want to get to the to the goods, which you came here for. So uh, Robert maybe can introduce our first subject that we're going to be discussing today. What do you got in store for us? Well, what we have in store today is in reference to something that's been trending in fitness. Trending, trending. And that is trending. the micro-workouts also uh, known as micro hits. Now these workouts are short in time span, yet they are supposed to yield very good uh, results. And so I share with you guys some information about that so we could share it to the world out there. Mm -hmm. One of the things and reasons we are sharing it is because people are home. And by being home, they haven't had a chance to maybe get into a routine and their time is becoming more and more crowded with obligations at home. Maybe you have the kids at home. School starting back. Right. So how do you fit in time for exercise? Everybody knows the benefits of exercise, right? Right. We don't have to go into that. We know it's important. However, the micro aspect of it was very interesting. So what is a HIT workout to begin with? Emily, help us. Well, it's a high-intensity interval training. So what I like about this idea is the fact that if you don't have a lot of time, like you said, this can be extremely effective. It's not just a filler workout. It's an extremely effective short workout, which is very beneficial and honestly easy kind of to talk yourself into. You think about doing something hour long, you're not going to want to do it. Not all the time, right? So doing something, yeah. So something really short is great. I mean, I the article that you shared, Robert, we were able, I was able to find something that I personally would like to try. So yeah, a hit, a high intensity interval training. All right, very good. So that is the basics. Now, everyone probably out there that is going to hear this is going to say, oh, I know a hit. I know what that is. But um, the reason we're sharing it is because there are things to keep in mind. One, when you hear the word hit, you may think, oh, I got to be in shape. I got to be, you know, one of those go to the gym every day guys, girls who are in aerobics, maybe a spin class. And so they feel that if I'm not in shape, hits aren't for me. Does anyone recall what uh, reasoning was used behind that when it came to a hit if you felt you were out of shape? Does anybody remember? Well, sorry. Steve, Uh, she's looking uh, at you. I was going to say, I I remember when some of the more popular um, hit workouts first came out and they kind of warned against you trying to perform hits if you weren't in a certain level of shape and conditioning. There would even sometimes be like a little disclaimer if you downloaded some of the videos, like if you were doing like a beach body thing or whatever, if it had like a hit component, sometimes it would say that these programs were designed for people 
with a baseline of fitness. And I guess maybe there was like cardiovascular concerns, yeah. you know, pulmonary concerns and things like that. So I don't know if that's what you were referring yeah, to. Yeah, I was leading up that way because, again, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to share this is even though you may feel that you're out of shape, the article went on to say that the goal behind this is to get your body accustomed to that cardiovascular demand. So you could do something as simple as walking slow, then walking fast, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe going up a few chair, uh, excuse me, up a few steps and then down a few steps. But what you're trying to do is build an exertion that when you finish the rep, and this is the part I enjoyed the most, is that you want to be able to say a few words. If you can speak clearly, then obviously you didn't do enough, right? Mm -hmm. It said you should only be able to utter one or two words clearly, and then you might get gassed. Mm -hmm. And if you can't speak, then you've gone too far. So, you know, those who are just trying to get started, um, we may not want to get into 100 push-ups right away. We might want to try a few until we get to a point that we feel that we're about 80% along and then try something else. Now, Steve tried a workout. I did. Recently. So how'd it go? So I'm a lot like some of the people you described. I have, you know, a lot of demands in my time, obviously, like all of us, you know, we work full time. I've got two school age kids. School's about to start. So I'm already kind of starting to get my, my time management under control. So I actually did some research. I looked up uh, HIT workouts that required minimal equipment or even no equipment. And uh, one of the ones that I found was perfect for if you were somebody who's traveling with no equipment, maybe you're home and you didn't have time yet to acquire you know accessories at home. So just wanted to share this workout that I found with folks. I'll keep it brief. But basically... When you're talking about these exercise um, periods or these windows in which you're performing the active part of the exercise, you're talking about all-out effort is what this workout called for during these windows of time. So 40 seconds, all-out effort, squats, body weight squats, 40 seconds. So as many as you can go, obviously without like hurting yourself <laughs> or falling over, but get as many in as you can. 20-second rest, then go right into 40 seconds of all-out push-ups. Obviously, if you can't do a traditional push-up, you know, you can drop down to your knees, do an assisted push-up, whatever you got to do to finish it. But 40 seconds, as hard as you can go, 20-second rest. You're followed by another 40 seconds all-out mountain climber. So, you know, you're in a plank position, push-up position, and you're going to exert yourself, raising your knees towards your chest while you're kind of running there in place. 20-second break after that. And then you're going to do a 40-second all-out uh, exertion of a compound movement of all those things together. So you're going to do your squat, drop into a push-up position, do your mountain climber, and then jump back up to a stand and repeat. 40 seconds all in, followed by a 20-second rest. Now, they tell you if you're still standing to do two more of those, <laughs> and you want to work up to that point, obviously. But they call this one the, the four-minute butt kicker is what this workout was called. I found it on an article that was shared by Bustle, and uh, it was a really, uh, really nice, concise workout. You could do that with virtually nothing but some space and maybe uh, you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. and be all done. And that's what I liked about these articles is, was the minimal gym equipment needed. I mean, where a lot of us haven't gone back to our gym memberships and we're doing stuff either, well, us, we're doing stuff here at our work gym um, or from home. And then that can get kind of boring and get very old. So this is a good way of changing things up. The one I want to try and use, um, I'm proud of you, Steve. Good job. 
You already tried it out because I wrote one down that I want to try. And She's that is you, jump you. roping Thank a minute. You. Everything is a minute. Jump rope for a minute, then plank a minute, walk lunge a minute, jumping jacks a minute, and then rest a minute. And then you want to repeat that four times. And I really just thought that would be a good thing to try. So that's something that's going to be in my forecast this week of exercising. Look out. Yeah, I thought I wrote one down, actually, but I'm looking at my notes, and I didn't. I thought I had written uh, a second one that I liked down, but they actually had, in the same article by Bustle, it was uh, talking about a, a, basically a micro-hit session that you could do if you were a runner. So if you're someone who runs, they had con kind of concocted a way of you doing one of these uh, hit workouts while doing your normal run. It involved doing some lateral, you know, uh, movements, you know, kind of sidesteps instead of traditional running, and then it had you doing a stop and doing some toe touches on the curb to kind of mix it up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you might look a little funny doing that out in your neighborhood if nobody knows what you're doing, <laughs> but uh, it's the results that matter. Anything so. goes during COVID. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> so thank you both for sharing that. So just a few reminders. Again, this workout is meant to be 10 minutes to 30 minutes max. So you don't want to drive the nail in the coffin, so to speak. So you want to make sure that you're doing it. You're getting a good workout of it but it's not in and itself detrimental in some way when you finish the workout. Keep in mind that this is to help you burn calories, possibly weight loss, lower your blood pressure, and improve your cardiovascular system. But again, this all begins by you getting started, and I think that's what we're trying to say is anyone can start these workouts so if you hear this for the first time, you can find this anywhere on the internet when it comes to these micro workouts, micro hits, and we hope that you try it. They recommend it about three times a week to get started, but the key to success is consistency. Mm -hmm. Can't do it this week and not for another three weeks. You won't see the benefits. Right. So you got to be consistent, right? You got to stay on top of it, but also... Now, we won't go too far into this because this is not part of the segment of trending, but don't forget your diet. Your diet's important. Mm -hmm. Can't just feel like you can do this and not be concerned with your diet. So I'm going to end on that point. And with that point, it's going to bring our first segment to an end, Steve. Absolutely. And then we're going to turn it over to Miss Vinos, who will then discuss with us something that she's been at it on a consistent basis. Can't wait to hear what it is. So go do some micro hits and we'll be right back. And we'll be back. <laughs> All right, we are back. And now we're talking about something fantastic and that is H2O. Wawa. Wawa. And that is something I called my sister growing up was Wawa. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. So anyway, we are talking about water. And why? Because I am doing something this month called a monthly my monthly fitness <laughs> mission and I have chosen water and it really it's about just trying to drink more of it and not just more of it but an article I read is your goal should to should be to drink half of your body weight in fluid ounces do you guys know what you would need off the top of your head then I would need 105 fluid ounces I would need approximately <laughs> 80, no, that's way too high, <laughs> 70 fluid ounces. 
and I will not share what mine is. Come but, on, come on, hey. <laughs> you can put us on the spot and not this, share. You're, you guys are dudes, all right. So, okay. so <laughs> we started this September first. So I'm four days in, being September fourth, and I'm feeling good now. I definitely am trying to remember to drink because. Really, I sit at a desk most of the day and I'm typing and I'm not thinking about drinking as much as if as if I'm on my feet all day. Um, so that's why I wanted to do this. I wanted to try something healthy. I'm going to do this every month, pick something healthy and try it for a full month. Um, I've posted about it on Instagram, on yes, our RNS Instagram. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've and I've gotten post. a lot of supporters. Lots of support. Which has been very awesome. People chiming in saying they will do it with me. So I'm hoping they will stay with me all month and letting me know how they feel. Um, I just wanted to bring out that I thought I can't stop thinking about this. Now, I like to work out. But if you are dehydrated, making... Um, Working out makes our heart have to work so much harder because our blood becomes like thicker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from dehydration. I mean, that sounds pretty disgusting. Yeah, I would it? say so. Yeah, so I like my blood just the way it's supposed to be. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I think my heart's working hard enough as it is when I'm working out. I don't want to make <laughs> it work out harder. Um, so part of the things that, you know, obviously drinking water, we all know that water has a lot of health benefits, but, you know, helps to avoid dry mouth, promotes cardiovascular health, keeps our body cool. I know I'm always hot and sweaty, so this will help. It also helps our muscles and joints to work better. It will help our skin to look better, which not just, you know, not just any kind of flaws, but like your skin looks dull and gets like rash rashes it gets wrinkly and everything and it cleanses our body helps cleanse our body and i thought this was cool this one little part of an article said college students who brought water to an exam scored higher than those who didn't okay all right robert <laughs> okay no i mean i you the know internet what? i'm going to dive in lie. i'm going <laughs> to defend the internet here because you know I, I think we've all been like dehydrated and when you get dehydrated you get that kind of like brain fog yeah. you know it's hard for you to think and, and think clearly and you know get Absolutely. motivated and things like that so i got your back here Emily. thank you yeah. the internet speaks of truths especially about water so that's my <laughs> goal i'll keep you guys posted about how it's going all month but i'm feeling pretty good i can i carry a water container with me all the time all the time. So I'm driving to to work. I'm driving home from work. I have it next to me in my bed. I am constantly drinking my water. So that's been good. And I really do suggest that. Not just focus on buy, like having bottled water, but like getting a container that you're excited about, you feel committed to, and then get on the program. Okay, hang on. So that is my problem. <sighs> I can't drink out of metal. Because it does something, and I, it's just funny. I'll drink a plastic bottle of water, but I won't drink out of a plastic cup. Right. We got to get you a camel back. It's like, I, so she's talking about all this drinking. Now, some of us who have to go in the field here at RMS, whether we're going out and visiting clients or repairing equipment, mm-hmm. that if you were to put... Did you just tell me 105 fluid ounces for me in a day? 
So that's 32. So that'd be three of those at least. Mm -hmm. Okay. So three of those. I think you drink think at least that. You're heading with this, uh, I think you drink at least that in coffee a day. Uh, there's a possibility. <laughs> but there's something about coffee. That tastes good. Yes. <laughs> and water is something that's a little tough to drink that much water in a day. So I hear you on the bottle thing. I think that's a, that's a um, commendable goal. Find something. It's like when you work out, you get new gear, or if you're doing a new sport like golf or tennis, you get new gear, a racket, clubs, and you're into it. But this drinking water, I've seen the last four days, and it seems like there's a lot of people out there who have chimed in mm -hmm. and obviously understand that they need to do it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think what we want to say is if you have a favorite bottle, let us know what it is. Okay. And I'd like to find out what that is too, because maybe, yeah. maybe there's a bottle out there that'll help me drink water. But right now, if anybody knows the name of it, uh, we would love to know. I've seen online, I've seen other people doing water challenges with this really big water jug, and it's got these encouraging, motivational, uh, like posts <laughs> yeah. at the side of it, like you're almost there. Yeah. Keep or going. times. Or times, yeah. Yeah. So if you got a good idea like that, I could use the help. Because I'm like, Emily, what you were saying is that I find it easier to stay hydrated when I'm transitioning between more activities. Like if I'm at work and I'm sitting down at the computer, I can sit there for three, four minutes at a time <laughs> sometimes. No. But you know, I do have to get up and stretch a lot because of my back. And Bob does notice that all the time. So I will definitely <laughs> give him credit for that. But... In all sincerity, you know, sometimes when you're like, you know, moving around like at home, I keep a cup with me and I'll use the same cup throughout the day. And I, every single time I walk past my kitchen, I'll just re-up my glass of water. And I just feel like when I'm home, I do a lot better because I'm between tasks. I'm moving between going to the store, running an errand, you know, doing this, doing that, whatever. But sometimes at work, you know, when you're kind of in your daily routine, you can get locked into whatever you're doing and then realize four hours is going by and you haven't been hydrating. I've gotten to the point with water actually where pretty much anytime anybody in my house says they don't feel well in any regard, the first thing I tell them to do is drink a glass of water because yeah. I've read and I've done enough studying about water to understand that dehydration can affect basically every single function of your body. I agree. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I, someone's got a stomach ache, headache, dizziness, drink some water first, yeah. then come talk to me. Yeah. Well, even hunger can mask itself. Yes. You know, well, feeling, I'm sorry, no, feeling you're right. hungry. You're right. It's really can be dehydration. So that's also another thing. I also kind of got, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this show, oh, but it boy. is a series. I will just talk about it and not name drop it. Thank you. But it's a series that is like a documentary by a uh, actor that he goes to different countries. Okay. Specifically, he goes to this one country, Paris. And just that whole episode talks about water and what types of water we really should be drinking. And in fact, Paris has all over the city put um, water fountains, either flat or sparkly, okay? And all you have to do is walk around with your water container and you get free water. I think that is amazing. So that was kind of why I wanted to amazing. do this. I really thought that that was just that that episode really just kind of pumped me up because I mean there may not be you know valid things about it but they ta just talked about how like I think they said 
filtered water or something like there's certain waters that we that are bottled that we buy constantly and we're drinking we think it's good for us and it's not yeah we had that discussion yeah, there's the other day. like alkalinity tests yeah. and ph tests that have been done by different companies and some of the ones that i like they do a good job with marketing so you grab them first because yeah. they give you the impression like they would be the the good water and then in reality they might not be the good water. Somebody, I'm not going to say the name of it, but um, <laughs> somebody said maybe they should change the name because if you're drinking it, maybe you're not so, and I'll leave it at that, <laughs> is what somebody had told me. So that's a good point, though, yeah. about you know, knowing what you're drinking. It's you know, not just a matter of grabbing the pretty bottle and going at it. Yeah, and, of course, all the waste right. of plastic. Oh, absolutely. Because we don't waste any plastic here at our Hey, if I can knock it down just a little bit and do my part, the global footprint. Keep your carbon footprint low, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everybody recycle. <laughs> Get a bottle of water and recycle. Okay. Well, that's it for me. That's where I'm at this month. So I'll keep you, I'll keep you guys posted how I'm doing. Excellent. And maybe you can join me. You know what, Once Emily? I I'll, I'll, I'll drink my water to you today. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> All right. Is that the end of this segment? Yes. Thank you, Emily. So we're going to take a... Slight break and come back. Steve has a product highlight he'd like to share with you. So we'll turn it back over to Steve when we come back. Talk soon. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We wanted to welcome everyone to our uh, next segment here. We are going to transition to uh, talking a little bit about some of the products that we now are offering to our customers. We're going to do a little bit of this, uh, you know, different episodes. We're not going to always talk about things we sell. But today, we did want to talk about a particular treadmill product that we've been uh, using here in our showroom. We've had it on display. We've been able to uh, assist a few different customers, both residential and commercial, with this machine. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the Bodycraft T800 Light Commercial Treadmill. Um, it's a very nice machine. If you're familiar with our website or any of the posts that we make, uh, we've made some that illustrate this, uh, you know, the visuals of this you know, product to you. But uh, we really like this machine. I mentioned that we've used it both with commercial customers and residential customers because it is a light commercial rated piece of equipment. So it appeals to some folks in the vertical market, uh, you know, clubhouses, HOAs that level of facility. It also appeals to residential users who have maybe had experience primarily using commercial grade equipment. And when they get on a residential piece, maybe they don't feel all of the you know durability and construction and things that they're used to on a, a commercial piece. Sometimes commercial ones tend to have a more like rigid, firm feel to it. And people just kind of are attracted to that if they're used to it. And again, uh, bigger users, taller guys, heavier you know guys and girls that get on the equipment have really found this to be a solid piece. Now, I know both of you have had an opportunity, Robert and Emily, to uh, hop on this machine, kind of put it through some of its paces and things. And uh, maybe just what's your first reaction to the equipment, maybe as you approach it, and then tell us a little bit about, you know, how you felt when you were using it. Emily, I insist you go first. <laughs> Me too. So I really was drawn to this having it in our showroom so I really wanted to try it first and I, I really do like it I don't know what I think maybe the screen the screen is very upright um, and it's a large screen to look at um, it's easy to navigate through which is good for me I'm not a super techie person I just like to get on a machine and start and just be able to get into it so that's kind of what got me um, um, focused on using that first and I do use it often I think it it runs very smoothly and like I said the touch screen is very easy to navigate through very Robert nice. what about well, you thank you well from a use standpoint 
it actually mentions it in its brochure that it is quite wide. It is a 20 inch by 61 inch running belt. Now what that means is you feel if you are uh, taller, as uh, Steve had mentioned, you feel like you have plenty of surface to run on. Uh, it also has the quick speed and incline keys on the handrails, very helpful. Um, they respond very quickly, so that has been nice. To Emily's point about the um, console, Android-based, it's quick, it's responsive. Uh, there's some things on there that I've enjoyed, but Steve will probably talk a little more in detail, but I've tried the virtual workouts. Yeah. They're pretty nice. But um, a tech plug here for a moment. It's a four-horsepower DC motor. Now, what that means to you is it's going to run quiet in your home, and I think that's what we were talking about at first, right, Steve? We talked yep. about the versatility of the unit, whether it's in a home or in a uh, facility. It'll be quiet, so you won't notice it the way you would notice an AC motor, which gives off Correct. a little more um, vibration noise, you could say. But uh, still, at four horsepower, it's very good. And then there's some other things about it that, um, you know, just make it a solid piece. But uh, I don't want to steal all of your thunder, Steve, but that's what I've noticed so far. No, you know what, though? Because, you know, the, the work that I do has to do with the experience that people have when they use the machine. So that's kind of what I do here for folks at RMS. So hearing you guys share your you know, experiences, your thoughts on how the machine looks and works and appeals to you, different things. That's that's good feedback for me too. So, you know, you mentioned the screen, Emily. Actually, you both mentioned the screen and some of the things that that brings forth. So I think one of the nice components of this machine is is that all of the Bodycraft models, uh, there's one above this that's more of a club level machine and there's one that's more of a true residential machine. All three of them are completely interchangeable with these three console options that are available for this machine. So you have the one that we have here in our showroom that Emily and Robert have used. That's going to be the 16-inch uh, touchscreen. So that's kind of like your, you know, your big body. That does give you the, um, you know, the highest level of entertainment and technology and things like that. You have a, excuse me, a 10-inch touchscreen option that you can go to as well. So if you're still looking to achieve some of that, you want to be able to maybe tap into your YouTube, your Instagram, Netflix, and watch a show while you're running. Maybe dropping down to that 10-inch touchscreen can be the, the meeting point between price and technology for you to help you have what you need for your home or for your facility. And then if you are somebody who is just looking for performance out of the machine, you don't need all of the bells and whistles, so to speak, or the technology. It comes with a basic nine inch, they call it the black mask LCD console. It's a very clean looking LCD. It looks very nice and uh, doesn't take away from anything from the machine. And I think that that is probably one of the, the nicer aspects of this. So that if down the line, say you invest in the large touchscreen to begin with, and then you realize a little bit down the road, I did uh, was able to confirm that if you do decide down the line, if something were to go wrong with your console and you need it to replace, you're not tied to the choice that you made originally. You can go with any of the other levels of tech. So that's pretty cool. I thought that's that was very nice. cool. Mm -hmm. And then on the, uh, obviously with the larger of the two screens, both touchscreen options, you both kind of made allusion to the, uh, virtual runs or the virtual workouts that mm -hmm. you can do. I think that's pretty cool. Um, for me, I don't like running in my neighborhood because it's boring and I don't like running on the treadmill because it's a little bit boring for me. But <laughs> on this uh, particular uh, machine, you can actually go uh, virtual scenery. They have tropical, they have beaches, they have forests, they have mountains that you can run through. And it's nice. As you increase your speed, the rate through which your scenery will pass by you on the virtual run will increase and decrease with the rate that you're running at and it kind of gives you a nice uh nice experience i think i was looking at the the forest one and when my run started it actually had like a 
like a cheetah or a lion or something <laughs> was like directly in front of me on the trail. And it actually, Which for a second, I said, run faster. Oh. Like, I didn't want to go at all for a minute. I had to wait. But no, eventually, you know, obviously the scene played out and the workout begins. But it is very nice. This is a machine of all the ones that we have here in our showroom that delivers the highest level of integrated technology mm -hmm. to our users. So again, if you're somebody who wants to be able to connect your devices, your fitness apps, this is the product for you. You can choose the console. All three of them are Bluetooth connected and you can connect your devices to track your workouts and things. And it definitely delivers a lot of uh, features that people in 2020 and moving forward, technology is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. I think you all agree. So uh, having a workout machine in your home that can connect to your technology and enhance what you're doing is always a plus. So I don't know if either of you guys had a chance to check out any of the virtual runs yet, but I thought that was pretty cool. That's I'm kind of a video cool. game guy by nature. I grew up in that generation playing video games. So it definitely appealed to a, uh, you know, that side of me as well, the techie kind of nerdy side. I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Very cool. Well, let's not forget to the warranty. Oh, yeah. I believe the warranty in a residential environment gives a person 10 years on parts, three years on the display, and two years labor. That's great. That's pretty outstanding, actually. Yeah, 10 years um, parts is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can put it in a commercial environment, of course, because you're obviously asking more of the machine. If you use it less than five hours a day, you would qualify for this warranty, which is five years on parts, three years on the display, and one year labor. Again, one of the better warranties in the industry. We've, uh, we've had it here for a little while. We've enjoyed it. We've sold a few. So uh, it's good to uh, see that that product has fit well with us. But um, going back to um, the entertainment, I think what um, we've noticed in the field, uh, one last point for me on this is customers going to use equipment they're not necessarily concerned about the TV anymore. Mm -hmm. It seems that the Netflix, the YouTube, um, uh, Hulu, all of the, um, I guess you could say apps that are out there, mm -hmm. this can do it all. Yep. And so to be able to have that at your fingertips can help some of that. And if you're like Steve and you want to see that virtual feel, you can. But uh, to me, if I could put something on, I could walk the whole time a movie's playing and uh, gets a benefit out of it and uh, do so. So I thought that was nice and I wanted to share that because that's uh, quite better than having a TV. Anyone can put a TV on the wall, but uh, having these apps right on your uh, display has been pretty, pretty nice. And like I say, it's very quick to respond to those apps as well. Yeah, And YouTube, I mean, uh, you know, shout outs to YouTube. They put a lot of free information out there they throw ads at us now they didn't used to they got us with the ads now but that's okay everyone's got to make their money but youtube is a strong resource it's free in most cases unless you've paid for like an upgraded subscription and you can access tons of like courtesy fitness equipment coaches will even coach you through treadmill runs you know what i mean on youtube you can find all kinds of things on there hit classes for the treadmill you know we talked about those earlier so um, the fact that you can tap into a virtually, I mean, the internet is essentially endless. So a virtually endless supply of, of materials and information to assist your workout. I think it's, uh, it's really nice. And I know on episode one, if you haven't listened yet, spoiler, but if you have, I mentioned when we were talking about another product that we used here that we had a professional athlete that came into the building and he ended up buying the T800 uh, treadmill. He was an ex-professional football player. He played for several teams, including the local one here. 
and uh, he was a larger gentleman just by design. He's just a big guy. And of all the machines he ran on, including uh, some of the commercial pieces, this was the one that he said gave him the, uh, you know, the feel that he needed. And he definitely pointed out, too, that his wife and his kids would enjoy the technology. So again, if you're trying to buy a product that will appeal to a wider range, a wide array, excuse me, of customers, you may have found your winner here with the T800. I agree. And that's that. That's that. So if you're interested in giving it a try and you live in the area, feel free to come on by by appointment. You have to uh, contact us ahead of time. We're doing things by appointment here right now. So you can reach us on our website via phone, email, and uh, schedule a time to come in and run on this bad boy and see what you think. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Steve. That uh, wraps up our product portion of our podcast. So on our next portion, after this break, of course, we're going to turn it back to Emily. She has something else to share in the world of food. Stay food. tuned. Yes. And welcome back. We are going to talk about another food group other than oats. Okay. <laughs> We've been eating oats every day since last week. It's time for something new. <laughs> it's time for something new. Something more exciting, shall we say? Beans. beans. Okay. So I'm doing some beans uh, discussion here. I'm going to talk about probably silly, stupid facts. And then we have Steve that has some fun facts for us. Can you lead us off this conversation with a fun fact, please? I I can, and I'll begin my fun fact with a story. I have driven several times to various parts of the country, and I've had to travel across the Midwest, and in several of my travels, I've uh, wondered what they do in North Dakota or South Dakota or a lot of those other places. No, We're seriously going here? No Whatever in Dakota it was. Yeah, yeah. No affront to anybody who lives in those states. I bought a guy, I bought a table from a woodworker in North Dakota, so they know they do more than just what I'm about to say, but I did discover that 32% of all beans that were uh, created here in the United States are harvested in North Dakota. Dag. That's my bean fact for the day. I found all kinds of interesting facts about beans. I'll keep, I'm going to keep bouncing back to you. Yeah, there's despite a Despite this conversation. I'm here for you. Because it's not that fun. Well, listen, I, I'm here. I'm the comic relief for this You section. are my comic <laughs> relief. So I'm going to come back to you. Uh, Robert, I'm going to engage you for a moment, sir. <sighs> All right, I want you to tell me. Yes. Can you guess how many different types of variety of beans there are? She is putting me on the just spot. Just throw a number out there. Uh, There's no way you'll get it right. It would so have been nice if you actually read my article. But yeah. <laughs> I'll say 25. And I'll say, sir, it's over 400 different types of varieties. That's crazy. I certainly haven't had 400 different beans in my life. No, no, neither have I. Um, I'm just going to name some of the, probably the five most popular, even though there are many other populars, but popular types. But um, number one is black beans, also called black turtle beans. And those are native to the Americas. Then we have black-eyed peas, and those originated in West Africa. We have, I hope I say this right, cannellini beans, which is a type of kidney bean. And this is very popular in Italian cuisines, especially in Tuscany. We have fava, fava beans? Fava. Fava, which are the oldest cultivated crops, one of the old, oldest cultivated crops. I don't think I've actually had that before. I've heard of it. Um, and garbanzo 
also known as chickpeas. And those are yeah. very popular. And very. what type of cuisines? Putting you on the spot. Chickpeas? Oh, no clue. <laughs> Middle Eastern, Eastern and Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah. Hummus. Falafel. Hummus. Yeah, falafel. Um, lentils. I love lentils. Who doesn't love a lentil? I'm what? raising my hand. Who doesn't the... love a lima bean? Well, ah. uh, I do like lima beans. I love ah, a actually. good old lima bean with butter, salt, and pepper. I think they're great. Yeah, they you know, are. guys, I could just step out of this session right here. <laughs> no. You guys wouldn't even miss me. No. Okay, but why am I talking about this? No idea. Me neither. I'm talking about this because I'm trying to substitute, if I can and when I can, substituting meats, specifically red meat. So I'm trying to get protein in other fashions, not completely cutting out, but beans are really a great source of protein, especially for those who are vegetarian and vegan. And so that's why I wanted to just highlight the endless possibility of beans and how many varieties there are. So you can have so many different flavors. Um, They're high in amino acids, and that is a building block of protein, which is... um, which is a great protein source, obviously, like I said, for vegetarians and vegans. Um, They're low in calories and high in fiber, which is great. It reduces the risk of cancer when you eat them because of uh, antioxidants and anti-inflammatory agents. And they help you feel, feel fuller longer because of the fact that they are full of fiber and healthy starches. So I'm going to pause right there because I want there to be a fun fact. Steve? Steve, to you. I do have a fun fact for you. In fact, if you, uh, both of you, or either of you, were Nicaraguan newlyweds, (laughs) you would currently have a bowl of beans because in Nicaragua, newlyweds are given a bowl of beans at their marriage to get them set off on the right foot. (laughs) And on the right toot. And on the right toot. They get all kinds of fiber. Okay. Uh, that's and, fun. You know, so that's a fun fact for you. They are uh, important in other cultures such as Nicaragua. That is a fun okay. fact. Okay. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> Bob's personal fun fact. Yepper. So someone took me out one time, went to a creamery, I think, or bakery. Either way, they were making ice cream. And in the ice cream, they Cor- put- Korean, right? Yes. Bread beans. Yes. Kidney beans. Uh, have you ever had kidney beans in your ice cream? No. No. I wouldn't order that. <laughs> I mean, not that they, not that kidney beans aren't good. I do like them in other things. but Chili. I like hey, chili. Hey. Yeah. I eat chili. That's yeah. where you put a bean. Chili yeah. is, a, is a synonym for cold, and ice cream is cold, so I found the connection now. That's there how, you go. That's how they ended up doing that. Wow. But, um, yeah. But there's actually, there's so many interesting, weird applications of beans in ancient greece in fact they (laughs) minor public officials were elected using beans they would put one white bean in a pot of several black beans and whoever would dig around in there and pull the white bean out is who was elected to certain positions in ancient greece i like these facts i'm telling you like uh, beans i learned more about beans than (laughs) probably anything else i've learned about in the last week oh i love this that's not a big period of time but i definitely took in a lot of bean uh, information this that's week. great um so obviously because of the fact that they're so full of fiber that they can cause discomfort so if you haven't accustomed yourself to eating fiber rich foods you probably want to ease your way into it it did this article did say that obviously fiber makes your stomach 
do things. So if you're not used to foods like that, that it it really could cause a lot of discomfort. Um, one or, thing I th- or maybe if you need it, uh, you know, some improvement in that category, Hello. it could alternatively be a good uh, a good way to achieve that. Amen. There you go. There you go. Um, We're being real. This is a fitness podcast. We're being real. Stuff happens. <laughs> uh, so have you ever watched a cooking show and they soak beans or you are reading a recipe and it tells you to soak beans? They do that with rice too, like rinse it and stuff. I never really knew why. Um, So this is one little fact was because that many beans contain, I really should have looked up how this is pronounced, lectins or lectins, which are a protein that can be potentially toxic to humans. Hmm. Whoa. So the the way you kind of get rid of that is you soak and boil your beans and that reduces that that protein that is kind of toxic to humans and you boil it or soak it for at least 10 minutes. Now you buy the canned, that's already been cooked, so you're okay. But if you just buy dried goods, you want to keep that in mind. And that's the reason why I had no idea. So that's really what I wanted to just cover from on my end. I am looking forward to more facts if you have any. But well, at, at, at the expense of Robert reaching across the table, <laughs> I'm going to throw one more in there because you mentioned dry goods. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, it says an archaeologist in the 1980s working in New Mexico, he came upon a clay pot that had been sealed with pine tar. And within this pot were bean seeds. They were dated at being 1500 years old 1500 years old they planted them and they grew and i thought that was pretty interesting so uh you know they're a very durable uh you know dry good that can be used in a lot of different jack and the beanstalk those were probably those types of beans but no emily to your point though this is not a fun fact exactly but this article does round it all off by saying that beans can be made into burgers cakes drinks pies fudge muffins jewelry it says in this article i don't know what that is but then it also mentions furniture and says beanbag chairs so apparently the original beanbag chairs were actually filled with beans (laughs) who would have thought uh toys and musical instruments so it really is they're low in cost so if you're looking for a healthy alternative you know for a healthy diet there you go beans beans who would have thought beans i wouldn't have thought me (laughs) this guy right here wouldn't have thought any of those things. So hopefully everybody listening wouldn't have thought those yes. things either. And hey. you learned something today. Yeah. That's things what it's learned. all about. Very fun. Thank you, Steve. All oh, right. So Emily, is that bringing your... That's it for me. Is that it for yeah. you? Yeah. Steve, you sure you have nothing else to share? I could do this all day. Right. <laughs> I've got Let's move facts. on. All right, guys. We're going to take a break <laughs> and come back to you real soon. Okay, everybody. We're back. And we're back to talk technical. Why are we going to talk technical in this session? Because we have had several service calls come to us because of the increased cleaning that has been done throughout many communities, um, homeowner association, clubhouses, clubs, you name it. When it comes to fitness equipment, the cleaning in good reason or for good reason has stepped up and stepped up to a level that um, we're going to talk about a little bit. Recent service call, we were asked to come out and uh, diagnose some equipment. And we get out there, and the technician calls me from the road and says, the reason these 
touchscreen consoles won't come on is because they are totally blank. And I said, why are they totally blank? Well, it would seem that our client had enlisted a cleaning company to simply go in and spray. So if you're asking someone of a, to clean, they may clean like they clean anything else. But what may have been missed there is that some chemicals can have a damaging effect. So the consoles on these units are $3,800 a piece times five. Emily, you want to do the math? Over 15000 Yeah, almost $20,000. <laughs> Close. So that's $20,000. And that's hard for me to explain to a client when their intentions were good, mm -hmm. right, to clean. Very but, good even, given all the circumstances. Right. So, every, I mean, and here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. The clubhouse was closed for a couple of months. Emily's looking at me because... She hates math questions, and she has another <laughs> math question. Well, hang on. Wasn't she the one earlier that asked us to divide our body weight and yes. calculate uh, fluid ounces? So you get what yes. you get. That's right. <laughs> All right. So back to the topic. <sighs> Just Tough wanted crap. to share a few minutes. Steve kind of mentioned it on the break. Our podcast wouldn't be uh, a podcast without us sharing some wisdom concerning the fitness equipment repairs maintenance and service world that we have come to know over the last 20 years. So when it comes to cleaning, do you spray cleaner directly onto a console, Emily? No. What do you do? You spray it onto a rag, preferably a microfiber mm -hmm. rag, um, cloth, and then wipe down your console. Right. But one thing about even wiping down the console is you have to make sure the cleaner is properly uh, authorized by the manufacturer. There are a lot of, we'll use the, I believe it's a generic term, gym wipe. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is coin. Maybe someone does have it trademarked. But everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say gym wipe. Now, these folks go to the manufacturers and they get the proper authority to say that they are safe to use, Right. So we do a three-step for our ultimate protect plan. Correct. Correct, Steve. So what is three steps? What does that mean? Uh, briefly, it is cleaning using uh, products that are safe to be used on your fitness equipment, EPA, CDC approved cleaners, disinfecting with a hospital-grade disinfectant, safe to be used on metals, plastics, and other materials used to manufacture fitness equipment. And then the third step is treatment with an antimicrobial surface protectant that is, again, designed for use on materials and products that are used to construct fitness equipment. Correct. So, like, for instance, another story I'd like to share, and this all happened in the last two weeks, so I didn't share it on the last podcast. So I'm taking two things that have happened in two weeks concerning, and one was affected a property management company in multiple properties. Very far apart. And what happened? They solicited a cleaning uh, company to come in and clean their equipment. And this time, the chemical reacted with the plastics. And now the plastics are giving off a glue-like sticky surface, which means the two properties don't match. Yeah. Some, some of the texts that have gone out have described it as like a glaze almost. It's that sticky when they were to try to grab 
onto the various parts of the equipment, hand rate grips, excuse me, heart rate grips, hand holds, different parts of the machine. It looks like they kind of targeted it, the product toward areas that people were most likely to grab and use on the equipment and all of those areas, according to our technicians. And this happened in properties all up and down, you know, at the East Coast, not just like one isolated property. So this is obviously a product out there that was being applied across the board here that was not not uh, up to the to the job. And things have changed since COVID. So there are some graphs out there. I think Emily did some research on this article, didn't you? Why is she looking at me with a black stare? Because I feel like you're targeting me. <laughs> if everyone remembers the last segment, she targeted me, hence we're coming back. So anyway. Oh, yeah. It's okay, I did guys. read I, I, I'm, this. I'm here, to keep I it, this. I'm here to keep it civil, guys. Don't worry. Team, I read this real big. <laughs> right? Let's I go. I like this one. I want to share the five steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, that'll kind of conclude it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Wash your hands. For how long, Emily? At least 20 seconds. Why is that? Because that's what, that's what the CDC says. <laughs> <laughs> the real answer uh, is... You know, to properly cover all of the the areas of your hands. A lot of people wash really quickly, but they've done some cool like black light studies, right? Where if you wash your hands real quickly, they'll be able to see parts between your fingers and things where maybe you didn't get as good. So 20 <laughs> seconds. I think the idea there is that it gives you time to properly get to all the, the different parts of your hand. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Like I said, I'm here to hold this together while these two work it out. Don't worry. It's okay. All right. <laughs> Next one is? If you're in the cleaning, you want to make sure that you're wearing your PPE. Uh, when we go out, the guys are wearing gloves and masks. Um, of course, that's COVID proper anyway, but you should still wear these items when cleaning, especially glasses. If you're using sprays, you want to use a gla- your glasses so it doesn't spray into your eyes. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see that happening. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting one. If using wipes... The surface should be wiped in the same direction to prevent contamination versus back and forth. So when we wipe down our equipment here, Mm. we should go in one direction. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So you're not pushing debris in multiple directions that may be in one spot. You're just taking it and swooping it off. That's right. The disinfectant liquid must remain on the surface for a specific amount of time based upon the product recommendations. How long is that, Emily? General speaking? Not here. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Uh, Everyone behind me was holding up ten minutes. (laughs) They were giving me high fives in the air. I was. I was trying to get a double high five. Yeah, a double high five. (laughs) So I thought it was good. Um, You didn't say the last one. uh, Please, please share it. I was, then I was, you are to dispose of said PPE and yes. wash your hands again for 20 seconds. Correct. Yes, Steve. Only because you mentioned the wipes and yes, you know the, the way that that needs to be used. Mm-hmm. I did want to point out uh, uh, recently in talking to some different property managers and things, uh, fun fact, uh, shameless plug, we sell gym equipment cleaning wipes uh, to our contracted customers and other facilities that may have a need. And what I've recently been talking to different property managers about is that having a disinfecting wipe is nice, but only if it's being used to the degree that it will actually disinfect something. Otherwise, you might as well just take that very expensive disinfecting wipe and just toss it in the trash can. Or better yet, just throw the money away. Because if you're not using it correctly, 
and what's the purpose. So most of those labels, read them. You'll see some verbiage on there to the fact uh, when it says to disinfect, it'll say something like use enough wipes to leave the surface wet and visibly wet for however long. So if you've used one gym wipe, you cannot leave an entire treadmill visibly wet for 10 minutes with one disinfecting wipe. So the point being, if you're gonna have that product in your gym, put the signs up, let people know what is important, what is essential to making the most out of that product, or simply contact us and get an athletic equipment cleaning wipe and save your disinfecting wipes for your staff so that they can properly disinfect while following the directions. And another fun fact, if I may. Please, we're all here for you. That items, popular items such as foam rollers, stability balls, and mats, they need to be disinfected many times a day. And then they need to be flushed with water to get rid of harmful chemicals that can cause rashes and things like that on your skin. Now, property managers or even customers that have a home gym, really look at your accessories like these items and ask yourself, is it worth keep cleaning or just replace? And if it's time to replace, call us. We got you. Yep. That's yeah. true. But I would say this. Say it. If it's okay. Might not be a good idea to buy them just yet. Mm-hmm. Because there are other articles out there that are saying, and I, was, I read this, and I'm actually going to give props to another salesperson from another company who wrote mm-hmm. an article on LinkedIn. And he broke it down by saying, for now, we should remove such accessories from the workout room until we get past this particular pandemic situation that we're in. Um, Sure thing. And let me tell you why. Please. I posted this earlier on our company chat. I can't get this fact out of my head. But free weights, dumbbells, weight plates, etc. Okay. They have 360 times more um, bacteria than a public toilet, which is another reason why property managers or gym owners really should think about getting rid of those items for now because of how much. And you don't think about cleaning those items, which is why there's so much bacteria on them. Agree. Because if you ask the cleaning person, Random, not picking on anyone in that industry at all. I will take full responsibility. When I would do preventive maintenance in a room, I would never walk over to the dumbbells and spray them with disinfectant. Not before, no. No, not part of the process. Didn't do it. So they're just left there in hopes that a person using them would wash their hands or use an antibacterial after using them. But what have you already touched? Right. On the way from there. So some good points there. So coming kind of back to the home fitness world for just a moment, because there was an article. I didn't get a chance to look it over completely, but it also stressed the need to clean your home fitness equipment. Uh, we should talk about this next next time. I've got a lot to say. Yeah. So why don't we put a pin in that mm-hmm. and we'll come back to that because it was important. So those out there who uh, had the responsibility of overseeing a fitness room, we, uh, we feel for you. Um, there's a lot to take in to keep it clean on a regular basis so that you, if you are using it or anyone 
uh, of a resident member is using it, that everyone's staying protected. But to protect your return on that piece of equipment, please, please use the proper cleaners. You can normally go on the website of a manufacturer. So for instance, behind me, you have you know, Bodycraft, you have True Fitness, you have Precore, you have Life Fitness, you have Sports Art. All of these manufacturers will have some kind of recommendation for the cleaning of their equipment. And I guarantee you, if you can find it and you email them, they'll be more than happy to send it to you. Um, they have been very proactive in helping the clubs because in some states, they're still waiting to open. And if they are open, they have high, high demand on them to follow certain guidelines. So you can take advantage of all of this preparation that these individuals are taking now and getting that information by contacting them. But if it all comes to an end and you can't find that information, feel free to email us right? Podcast at rmsfitness.com and we will answer your question. So we covered quite a few things today. We started off with what, Steve? Uh, we talked about micro hits, <clears throat> excuse me, at the start of our episode and we uh, discussed some of the benefits of that. You know, I just, even talking about micro hits, just going back, because Emily mentioned how they're not just, uh, you know, like a quick substitute or quick filler. It really, they really can be as effective or even more uh, just one little point I meant to mention, I overlooked it. Uh, one article that I found mentioned that a micro hit, 11 minute workout containing one minute of all out effort was as effective as a 45 minute workout with moderate pace. Now, if you said the exact same thing, and I'm just repeating you, I'm sorry, but I don't think I did. But um, I thought that was really, yeah. really cool. I thought yeah, that that's cool. a good, good thing point. to <clears throat> good thing to tap into if you're if you're under a time crunch. I think it's I'll be doing it. Yeah. Yep. And then we talked about water. Water. The water. The water. <laughs> exactly. And what did we find out about water again? One last tidbit. Uh, we found out that Emily is going to be drinking a lot of it this okay. month. <laughs> and we learned what Emily called her sister growing up. Wawa. <laughs> or Wawi. And then we discussed the T-800. Steve had plenty of beneficial items Absolutely. to share about yeah. that. And then we talked about beans. Beans and how... Steve, please share that one last point about beans, how big they can grow. Uh, yeah. So the largest bean pod can grow to be up to five feet tall. So that's a whole Emily Vinos. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Scary to think. That's a large bean. I think fun fact. You know, we're making fun facts an official part of the podcast. There you go. I have no idea. Fun what fact Friday. <laughs> okay. And then we finish with... Uh, cleaning properly on your electronics and your equipment in general. So hopefully that information was helpful to you. My name is Robert Decker, General Manager at RMS Fitness Equipment Services. Steve Heitzer to my left. Have a good weekend, everybody. Stay and, fit, stay healthy. And Emily Vinos to yeah. my right. Yes, Emily Vinos to your right. And not Assistant Jern, but Assistant General Manager and thank you for joining us on our second and fun podcast today. Had a great time, people. <laughs>